Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. Anytime you're in Huntsville, we hope you'll come be part of our worship. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. We hope you'll enjoy this lesson brought to us by Glenn Colley. Tonight's scripture before the lesson will be from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I just want you to observe that we have these children down here, and um, they're wonderful. We don't, we don't have any trouble with misbehavior or running and screaming and how in the world you could, could, could you corral them and just now, now it's beside, <clears throat> I was behind them and they were singing. They, they stood up when everybody stood up and then when it came time to sing, they were all singing. And um, I just don't think we take that for granted around here. We're not going to take it for granted and I love them and I'm thankful for all of them. In Matthew chapter 18, somebody brought a little child to Jesus. Eh, some of the disciples didn't understand that. After all, you know, there were important things to do. Why bother with this? Trivializing. Jesus didn't appreciate that. And you can see Jesus embracing this child. That's one of the sweetest pictures in the Bible. And then Jesus made this profound statement that except you be converted and become as little children, you won't enter the, the kingdom of heaven. It didn't mean childish. It meant childlike. There's a humility there. There were 5,000, over 5,000, 5,000 men, so over 5,000 people that were assembled before Jesus at this time. Now, let's begin reading in John chapter 6 and verse 1. After these things, Jesus went over, over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. The Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Listen to verse 6. And this he said to test him for himself. He himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them could get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they were filled, he said to his disciples, 
gather the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled the twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, Truly is the, this truly is the prophet who is to come into the world. Five bullets, five lessons about the children that I want to make from this text. Now, here's the first one. The importance of coming to spiritual meetings. A child has to learn the importance of coming to spiritual meetings. Now, you have the Passover, and so these people, presumably the parents of this little boy, are are there for the Passover, but there was a bunch of them who weren't just there for that. They wanted to make the trip to the, the Sea of Tiberias, the Sea of Galilee here, to see if they could see Jesus. They wanted to hear Jesus. It wasn't just what was required of them. They wanted to get close to Jesus. That's very impressive to me. And that's why the boy is there. And somebody's made provision for him. He's got his snack with him. Somebody's made preparation for him. In the life while your children are small, there are going to be challenges to the practice of your faith. I understand fully that Christianity is more than just coming to the assembly. But don't minimize the weight, the value of this, not only in your own life, but but also in the raising of your kids. Because it's a very tangible way that you say to your kids, we prioritize the things of God. We, We prioritize the work, the sacrifices, whatever it is. We do that for God. And I This is a great example tonight. Look at you. Don't you know it's Christmas Eve? What are you doing here? And you brought your kids too. Look at this. You know why you did it? Well, I know. I know why you did it. Look at all these teenagers over here. You say, don't they have things to do? Yeah. They've got wonderful things to do, happy things to do. But they prioritize. But you prioritize this. I hope that in your life, as you're rearing these children, that there will be occasions, and there will, when when coming to worship costs something. When it's about priority and you say, yes, but this is is the Lord's business. We're going to put him first. We're always going to put him first. Now, I, I, I repeat, I know that Christianity is more than just coming to worship. I know that. I'm just saying that this is a great tangible way to say... Here's what we do. And in our family, Jesus comes first. Jesus lives at our house. So the first point is, first bullet, the importance of training our children and coming to spiritual meetings. There's a difference in a family that that plans a vacation and says, if we we find a place to worship while we're in wherever we're going, Kalamazoo, when we're there, if we find a place to worship, we'll, we'll go to worship. That's, that's one kind of family. There's another kind of family that says, well, now, Kalamazoo sounds like a lot of fun. We need to go online first and see where the, the congregations are and make sure that we get a hotel that's close to there so that we can worship at the same time that so we always worship. Because remember Daniel and Daniel chapter 3 through 6 right through there? Daniel would pray three times a day in front of that window. That was his practice in service to God. That's our practice. We, we come to worship, and there's, there's going to be Christians somewhere around you worshiping, and you find them. You raise your kids like that, and what will happen is you raise up kids with conviction. You raise up kids with some value system about putting the Lord first. Here's number two. Small service can be significant. 
child must learn that even small service to the Lord can be significant. Here we are a couple of thousand years later, and I'm standing in front of these beautiful children. I love every one of them. And, and we're talking about this little boy who had five loaves and two fishes. I doubt anybody noticed that kid until Jesus involved him in this. I mean, he must have been insignificant. I mean, he sees little, you can't hardly see him, you know. And 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9 was read a while ago. Rafe read it for us. And Paul said, I've got this thorn in the flesh, and I prayed three times for it and, and that it might be removed. And, and the response from the Lord was, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength, <clears throat> my strength is made perfect or complete in weakness. Don't you think it's interesting that Jesus used the snack that this little boy had? Why did he do that? He used this snack to feed these 5,000. But in the process, what he does is teach us a lesson. And I need to teach my children that, that they must never say, my, my abilities are too small. I don't have anything of significance to offer. It's your heart that you need to offer. Here's number three, bullet three. It isn't a bad thing for a child to make a sacrifice for God. I, I, I think that <clears throat> I know something about children. You do too. And a little boy absolutely prizes his snacks. You, you walk up to a little boy who's outside and he's got his snack that his mom's made for him. And you say, I'd like to have that. How about if I give you a Frito? You know, that's going to be, that's going to be, I've got a bag of peanuts here. You can have one. Because he's not, listen, he's not going to just hand it over. That's, that's very precious to him. Now, not in your world, not in your mindset, but in his mindset, it's precious, isn't it? That's not bad. It wasn't a bad thing for that boy to hand over his food. You think about how God treasures people who sacrifice. I need to train my children. I don't mean to arbitrarily create unnecessary sacrifices, but I'm just saying that when an opportunity, opportunity comes along for sacrifice, it's good for them. You think about the widow's might. That wasn't very big. That was very small by comparison. But Jesus made note of it. You think about Abraham's sacrifice. You think about Abel's sacrifice. And God paid attention to that. So your children, when you bring them to worship on the Lord's Day, be sure that you train them when they're little to contribute. Put, get them in the habit of putting something in the plate. Now, they don't have any money. They're just kids. But you give them some money and teach them. Get them in a habit of putting it. But as soon as they're old enough to get an allowance, then train them right then about contributing to the work of the Lord and have them cut a piece off of that allowance and put it in the plate. This is my money. And now they've got skin in the game, right? They're, they've got a part in that. And eventually they're going to start making a little money. They'll have a little job of some sort. And make sure, make sure while they're still pliable and impressionable and you can train them, train them. You're going to give to the Lord. We're always going to give to the Lord off the top. God uses sacrifice to, to shape the giver's heart and to advance his kingdom. And, and we train the children. Are you ready for this? That it is a joy, like that little boy in John 6. <clears throat> it is a joy to sacrifice for the one who is wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Number four. This boy was fortunate, and he saw firsthand that God can do anything he wants. Anything he wants. Jesus said to Philip in verse 6, where can we buy bread 
And then it, it was just, I think it's kind of funny. Where can we buy bread? And Philip said, oh, oh, no, 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 no. If we had 200 denarii, now 200 denarii is a lot of money. A denarii is, is how much money a man can make in a day. All right? And so we could go into that. Don't need to. But how much a man? So 200 denarii is about eight months of a man's salary. And uh, that's a lot of money. But, but, but Philip's... He's calculating. I think he, he was an engineer. Not sure, but he's calculating how this could be. But even if we gave each a little bit of bread, this isn't going to work out. God doesn't need your money to accomplish his purposes. I just want you to get that. <clears throat> I really was eager to ask the children the question, what if the boy had said no? Because, you know, it's not intuitive to answer this the right way. It's not. And, and, but you get it. You get it, don't you? The answer is the people would have still been fed. God wasn't depending on the little boy's snack to carry this out. When you think of it that way, it, it's just ridiculous to think that he had to have that. He didn't have to have it for the purpose of feeding the 5,000. I'll tell you something else, too. He doesn't have to have your money that you contributed today on the Lord's Day when you put your money in the plate. He didn't have to have that to keep his work going. He can do anything he wants. He's God. In fact, you think in these terms, and it's kind of laughable to think that he couldn't make it without me. Yes, he could. It's not for his benefit. It's for yours and for mine. And this little boy learned something just wonderful firsthand up close on that day. The people of Israel got to the Red Sea, and the Egyptians were chasing them, and they, they were all lost. It's just there's no hope, no hope, no hope. It's God. He opened up the Red Sea. You get, you get to the tough times of life and you get to pray in those kinds of prayers that hard times will bring. But you'll see his hand. Here's the last one. Great parents give children a broad view of life. Nobody knew on that day. I think it's kind of funny to think about. It makes me smile. That nobody, nobody knew that a that couple of thousand years later that we'd be sitting in this room tonight and the children would be these wonderful children sitting here and we'd be talking about that boy. We'd be talking about the five loaves and two fishes. Nobody knew that's what would happen. But here we are. I'd love to know what happened to the boy. We don't know. Mm, I guess. I guess he grew up. I guess he found somebody he loved and he married and they had children and I guess they grew up and they had children and, and one day this little boy was an old man with a white beard like James Andrews and, and he gathered his children around him and his great-grandchildren and he loved on them and then he died and there were just more generations. You need a broad view if you want to get this parenting thing right and everybody does, of course. Take a broad view of these beautiful children in front of me. <clears throat> they're not going to be little very long and the generations will continue to roll on if God allows the world to stand and one day you, you and I will be gone but, but they will live and they will have their children and then they will have white hair and they will have their grandchildren these people right here will and what you're doing now what we're doing tonight in the rearing of these sweet babies will have an impact 
on how things will be in that family line when that hair has turned to gray. And isn't that a wonderful thought? I'm so glad you came tonight. Let me just, can I just say that I appreciate you? I really appreciate you. I appreciate your values. I appreciate the fact that you made this effort that so many people wouldn't understand, but you understand it, and you brought these kids, and you brought those kids too. Two sweet young men have obeyed the gospel. They're beginning their walk with Christ. It's a great day. It's a great day. Is there somebody else here who would like to obey the gospel? We'll be so happy right now upon your confession, your repentance of your sins, confession of your, your faith in Jesus Christ to immerse you in water for the forgiveness of your sins. So happy to do that. Or to pray with you if you need that. We're, we're gonna, it's our custom. We're going to sing a song of encouragement. And if you'd like to respond, come as we stand and sing. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word, brought to us by Glenn Colley. If you have comments or questions, Glenn can be reached by email at colley at westhuntsville.org.